the Think Tank. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. We're here for a final segment with Chris Love and Tyler Montague. Chris, want to ask you a question. You tweeted on this, but it's certainly out in the public that mm-hmm. the, there was a, a piece of legislation passed in the legislature this time that has been characterized as banning uh, critical race theory. Though actually, well, I went and read the actual text of that, and unless I missed something, uh, what passed isn't actually all that bad, but the labeling of it and the, the packaging of it is like this. There's this horrible thing being taught in our schools that I don't think is being taught in our schools anyway. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it, if you go to the language, and I do want to ask, I'm going to ask you to define it, mm-hmm. but it's it, the, 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 the things that they actually outlawed, I don't think anybody's doing, and I don't have any problem with what they did, but it, but it seemed like the... The labeling on it was an attempt to fire people up, you right, know, that, right. there's, that they're somehow, uh, like, embarrassing white, making white kids feel bad or something like that. Uh, it's almost like politicians were involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. My God, there's politics going on here. <laughs> Jinkies. Right. I, you know, the law that's supposedly banning critical race theory, we're seeing these throughout the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that the people who have passed these laws or the governor who signed them into law actually know what critical race theory even is. And I think they're using it as a proxy for any discussions about race that make white people feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I didn't learn anything about critical race theory until I went to law school, Right. It's not being it's not something that's being taught in K through 12, um, certainly not in any kind of uh, meaningful way. Um, I know that some school districts have done equity training that include discussions of what critical race theory is. But that's to people who are teachers and staff and faculty. It's not to the children. Can you define it? A critical race theory is basically a framework where we take a look at the systems that we have in our country and see how they are impacted by race, right? Mm-hmm. Or how they impact the way that we treat people because of their race. So critical race theory started as a legal framework um, where uh, Professor Kimberly Crenshaw took a look at how the law treats people differently based on race versus how the law treats people differently based on gender and how those two things are different But what happens when someone like me, who is a black woman, stands in the intersection of race and gender, right? So what happens then? And how do we take a look at our legal system and kind of remedy the discrepancies there, right? So that's where the discussion even started. It's a legal framework to look at how the law treats people based on whatever their quote unquote oppressions are. You know, I have an interesting reaction to that and that my training is as a sociologist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we look at anything like that. There, it, it's easy for my ideological position to say, oh, race shouldn't matter. Okay. But if it doesn't matter and I tally it and there are racial differences, then I should explore those and a, a, to ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. And what is, what is the mechanism through which that's operating? Mm-hmm. That's, to me, an analytical question. And it is the kind of question that in a good teaching of history – We'll deal not just with that, but you, you're at, you're after causal factors of any sort, mm-hmm. nothing excluded, because otherwise, 
uh, history is nothing more the oldest sort of the great men theory, and most mm-hmm. of them were men because men wrote the history. Right. Mm-hmm. But but that, that that all of these were just isolated incidents because this person did this and this person did this. I, I mean, I'll take an example, yeah. a recent one, and it doesn't deal with race, but it's another. The, the, uh, the war that started in Syria mm-hmm. – that uh, there, I've seen some analysis that 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 was the first kind of uh, uh, climate change war because it was preceded by famine. The people's farms drove up, right. and then they went into the city to protest, and then it became anti-government, and then and then it went from there. It wasn't just about individual people doing things; there were bigger forces involved mm-hmm. in it. Um, so, but I. I, I, I mean, I, I share what you I had just a gut sense that the first of all, the, the comment that the people are waving this around as some sort of this giant boogeyman couldn't define it. No, nope. I'd love I'd love to hear. Well, you know, Common yeah. Core used to be what they obsessed over. Mm-hmm. Now that's kind of faded out. So they need a new one. No, and exactly. It's some, there's always some educational boogeyman, I guess. Boogie person. Boogie. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Boogie person. <laughs> Let me be gender neutral. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, there's always an issue, there, right? And before critical race theory, my sister is on a school. Well, they used to here. fight over phonics versus whole language, right? Theory, and then they used to, there's always got to be. You something. know what gets me about that more than anything is I look at the people in the legislature and what their background is, and I say, you know, I may not have an opinion on phonics or what, whatever. I mean, it's very really easy for us old folks to say, oh, because I was taught that way. Maybe, mm-hmm. well, maybe somebody's got a better idea. You know, mm-hmm. and shouldn't those people be professionally trained educators who actually know something about the subject, or at least talk to the professionally trained educators, right? Mm-hmm. And really get the buy-in from the community, right? Um, but you know, before critical race theory, it was equity. People were scared of equity. People were scared of uh, comprehensive sex ed, and they kind of lumped all of these things together. Um, and now they've come out uh, the other end with critical race theory as the boogeyman. Tyler, shouldn't conservatives be the people who are most concerned about politically dictated curriculum? Well, that's a, that's a difference in kind of the populist movement that we have mm-hmm. in the party now versus your classic uh, type of conservative. George Will conservative. George Will. I'm a George yeah. Will conservative. So yeah. I, I, I think – Conservatives should be informed by humility about what they know and should be dictating to people. And, and, and it takes an awfully good law to be better than no law, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. So I, I don't like that the legislature is trying to dictate down. I, I, I would rather push that decision-making down as far as possible. And what you have going on with critical race theory is uh, what I call or is oftenly called nut-picking. And in which you take the the most extreme, like the you know Republicans will say, listen, all Democrats are AOC. She's crazy. That's Democrats. And and uh, Democrats might say, well, listen, all all Republicans are Paul Gosar. He's crazy. Look at you guys. And, <laughs> and so, but it's not fair. And and I think that happens with critical race theory has some some uh, valuable insights to understand how things are, how institutions were formed, and how. You have uh, uh, you know, 
built-in systemic disadvantages to one group or another, and it's it's interesting. I do think that that can go too far. It's a it is a model that can be explanatory and useful in correcting those problems and debated and debated. 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 Nothing is being shoved so, anybody's. Yeah, I'd rather my kids in school yeah. have it presented. I don't want them uh, to have a question that says true or false. You're racist because you're white, right, and right. you have you have yeah, to answer right. true, or otherwise right. you get the answer. No, and nobody's you know, doing nobody's that. doing that. <laughs> but let's say they were. I would think it would be appropriate to say, listen, that's not what we're about. Okay, and, and, but let's let's debate this. And le- I would I would agree with that, but I would also say the w- the mechanism for doing that. Shouldn't be the legislature slapping a fine on a teacher or the threat of it. It should be a principal taking aside the teacher and say, "Listen, but you're, the, you've gone too far." Right. And that but happens all the, the time. And yeah. I think, I, and I feel like, let's recenter this discussion back on the folks that are oppressed. Right? It's about analyzing how our systems oppress certain people, and so I think by putting the emphasis on the feelings of white people misses the point entirely. I will tell you that I had an experience in our school district where my fifth graders teacher used the N-word in a lesson. And the fact that her feelings were centered over the feelings of my child, who was made to feel lesser than, mm-hmm. right, that was the issue. Her, her feelings about it became the issue. And I have to say that this is not uncommon because I've had experiences with my other children. There are uh, black and Latinx and indigenous and other people of color who have similar experiences in public education every day. And our children, LGBTQ folks as well, and our children don't feel safe coming to school, right? They don't feel that it is a place where they can come to school and feel like they can be there, express themselves fully, right? And so, I, you know, when the conversation goes to, well, my white child feels bad because they're white. Well, no one's teaching that, number one. But number or, two, or we should, yeah, they shouldn't be, and I don't think that they are, right? But number two, if we can't just take a moment to center the experiences of children who are not white, um, for a moment, then are we really prepare, are we really providing a good education for all students who walk in the door, right? Because our stu- our schools are not just schools filled with white children, right. right? And so I think we need to take a lot more care. And when we frame and talk about this issue, I don't really care. You know, I will say, I feelings of white parents and white children are beside the point for me. Because marginalized people never get to be centered in these discussions. It's always the white folks. And I'm advocating for switching the discussion. Let's center the folks that feel the oppression when they walk in the school doors every day. That's what I got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I want to process that a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's a fair point. Um, And I, I, I guess... A final comment. We're running running out of time here. I'm okay with if if it's for a purpose, having people in an educational students in an educational system feel a little uncomfortable. Sometimes mm-hmm. it should never be because something's directed at you. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of facts in history that are inherently discomforting. Right. And we should not avoid talking about this. History is tough, man. Yeah. So is the present, right? Yeah. And I think that if we're talking about American history. We need to get all American experiences covered. Out of time here. Thank you very much, Tyler Montaigne and uh, Chris Love. 
hope we can have you back sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you. you.